0: Welcome to In Dark Places. All the news that's fit to print. This is episode 63. The Great White Way. A couple months ago we did a color themed episode. And we noticed a huge amount of white entries for the colors of the paranormal. So this week we're going to be talking about things dealing with the color white. So I was in Walmart the other night it seems to be a recurring theme I'm always in Walmart there was a lady walking around shopping in there listening to Alex Jones on her phone and I wanted to just run up to her and hug her because you know Alex Jones is a conspiracy theorist guy so she's open to that kind of stuff so you know I think it was worth a hug and if you don't know who Alex Jones is Alex Jones has a pretty recognizable voice, so it's hard to mistake him for anyone other than Alex Jones. That's how I knew the lady was listening to Alex Jones. And if you're not familiar with what Alex Jones sounds like, here's Jimmy Haunted's Alex Jones impersonation.
1: After a brief break, we're going to talk about China, Di Podesta, Pizzagate, Illuminati, bohemian grove the elites what's really going on in china and then if you order now order my pre-emory husk root which helps with memory intelligence endurance that's pre-emory root husk formula double patriot points if you order now
0: hey here's what's going on in the news this week Newly upgraded Large Hadron Collider could solve mystery of dark matter. After a three-year hiatus, wink wink, the Ionic Atom Smasher is preparing to begin a new era of scientific discoveries. Having previously confirmed the existence of the elusive Higgs-Boson particle, the Large Hadron Collider, which is situated near Geneva in Switzerland, is gearing up for its third run having been upgraded and improved during a lengthy maintenance period spanning three years. They were trying to figure out how to shut the portal that they opened. In the very near future, scientists at the facility will be turning on the world's largest atom smasher in the hope of bringing about a host of exciting new discoveries. The team will be particularly keen to find evidence of dark matter A mysterious form of matter which, despite making up a large percentage of the mass of the universe, has never been directly observed. The collider has been significantly upgraded since it last fired up, and there are plans to conduct experiments for three years before it will be shut down for yet another set of upgrades. We are going to increase the number of collisions drastically, and therefore the probability of new discoveries also said Control Room Operations Head Rend Stringberg. He added, however, that turning on the collider after the upgrade will be a tense exercise. It's not flipping a button, he told Reuters. This comes with a certain sense of tension, nervousness. It will be very interesting indeed to see what, if anything, the collider discovers over the coming months. See how many more demons they can unleash on the world. And now, here is your Nicholas Cage meltdown of the week.
2: Do you see? No, uh, not really, but well, maybe on my own in the bar. We'll have a drink. Be happy. But just remember, if you ever express admiration for Wagner, you will be short, without trial, and without leave of appeal. I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the earth. No single space project in this period will be more impressive to mankind or more important for
1: the long-range exploration of space. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why is this Mr. Haunted guy playing a speech by President Kennedy? Hmm. Well, Junebug said he's doing stories themed with white color. So I went off the track a little bit, and I found some White House ghost stories. See what I did there? So we have some White House ghost stories. A lot of people claim the White House is haunted. So um, in the year 1863, Mary Todd Lincoln, grieving over her son Willie's death in February, began to participate in spirit circles or seances in the Red Room at the White House and the Presidential Cottage at the Soldier's Home. Spiritualism was wildly popular during the height of the Civil War as families sought comfort for the loss of loved ones. Between 1901 and 1904, Jeremiah Jerry Smith started working at the White House during the Ulysses S. Grant administration in the late 1860s as a footman and served as a footman, butler, cook, doorman, and official duster until his retirement, approximately 35 years later. Imagine getting the duster job at the White House. That will be good. A popular character and storyteller, reporters could always count on Smith on a slow news day. He claimed to have seen the ghosts of Lincoln, Grant, McKinley, and several first ladies. In 1911, one little-known spirit is the unidentified 15-year-old boy called The Thing that greatly frightened the Taft domestic staff in 1911. President Taft's military aide, Major Archibald Butt, wrote to his sister Clara, "'The ghost, it seems, is a young boy about 14 or 15 years old. They say that the first knowledge one has of the presence of the thing is a slight pressure on the shoulder, as if someone were leaning over your shoulder,' to see what you might be doing. President Taft ordered Butt to tell the White House staff that the first member to repeat stories about the thing would be fired! So there's more stories about White House hauntings. Um, these are some ghost lore and sighting stories. Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln appears in the Lincoln bedroom and yellow oval room First Lady Grace Coolidge, Prime Minister Winston Winston Churchill, and Queen Wilhelmina of the Netherlands claim to have seen Lincoln. Little Willie Lincoln. Willie Lincoln, who died in the White House, has been seen in the White House by staff members of the Grant administration in the 1870s. Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson supposedly, lying in his bed in the Queen's bedroom, the Rose Room, lets out a guttural laugh that has been heard in the White House since the 1860s. Mary Todd Lincoln claims to have heard Jackson stomping and swearing. Thomas Jefferson. It's claimed that Thomas Jefferson still plays his violin in the Yellow Oval Room. Uh, it's said that Dolly Madison protects the Rose Garden. John Tyler haunts the Blue Room, proposing to Julia Gardner, his second wife. William Henry Harrison haunts the attic. He was the first president to die in the White House. Abigail Adams hung laundry in the East Room, and contemporary staff can smell wet laundry and the scent of lavender. An unnamed British soldier who perished during the War of 1812 roams the White House grounds holding a torch. And David Burns own the land on which the white house now stands he can be seen or heard in the yellow oval room and lastly anna surratt bangs on the doors of the white house pleading to see president andrew johnson she was there to beg for a pardon for her mother lincoln assassination conspirator mary surratt and here we'll hear the end of um kennedy's speech about space So these are White House stories. See how I got that in there? Thank you.
2: And none will be so difficult or expensive to accomplish. We propose to accelerate the development of the appropriate lunar spacecraft. We propose to develop alternate liquid and solid fuel boosters, much larger than any now being developed, until certain which is superior. We propose additional funds for other engine development and for unmanned exploration. Explorations which are particularly important for one purpose which this nation will never overlook, the survival of the man who first makes this daring flight. But in a very real sense, it will not be one man going to the moon. We make this judgment affirmatively, it will be an entire nation, for all of us must work to put him there.
0: In last week's episode, I was reading a story about aliens and it mentioned the giant white maggots and they kind of got my attention. i never heard of such a thing before. So I had to find out more about this. The exact year is not known and even a thoroughgoing investigation with the aid of eyewitnesses seems unable to elucidate it. It was somewhere around 1960. And what is certain is that it took place at about 11 p.m. on the last Sunday in August. Monseigneur and Madame Plamazuli were driving in their car along the secondary road that runs from La Prodele to Aen in the department of Corrèze. They had just made a detour around the Puy is sodden a peak the road is winding and is bordered down on the right by a meadow with many walnut trees above the road on the left hand side are more meadows and cultivated fields and then just as one comes to the left hand turn where the siding took place there is a wooded slope suddenly M Pamazuli notices a reddish violet light with no precise outlines level with the trees on the right-hand side of the road at first he thinks it is quite far away but then he sees it rise and he realizes it's only about a hundred meters from them almost directly after that he sees lit up by his headlights and also on the right-hand side of the road a mass of the size of a big sack of potatoes which is rapidly contracting and seems to be collapsing inward upon itself. Then both he and his wife see a number of other masses similar to the first one but smaller of the size, say, of rugby footballs. Humpy. mishappen, moving about in the grass in the ditch beside the road at least two of them cross the road in front of the approaching car and disappear in the bracken in the ditch on the left the car was not traveling very fast and the two witnesses feel no shock at least not in the physical sense of the word and they do not think that the car hit any of the objects M. Pamaluzi does not stop The reddish-violet light in the sky has vanished. The sighting is over. Madame Pomazuli did not see the reddish-violet light. She only saw three or four of the things, one of them being larger than the other two. She compares their form to that type of big, knobbly potatoes, which have globular excretions. The movements of the objects put her in mind of the movement of a sack with a person or animal inside it. She thinks that it was this deformation that enabled the shapes to move by contraction, by the inflation and deflation of their swellings. The bodies were not luminous in themselves and were only visible because the car headlights lit them up. Their color was a light brownish gray, and since this is a show about the color white, we're just going to say they're white. Comparable to the color of wrapping paper or a jute sack, but their surface looked smooth. One would naturally have dearly loved to get many more precise details, but it must be borne in mind that the siding dates back to the 1960s and that it only lasted a few seconds in conditions that are far from being excellent. And it is clear that the witnesses, surprised, indeed alarmed, had time neither to count the objects nor to measure them and take in their appearance and their movements in great detail. Monsignor Pomaluzi uses a great many comparisons in describing what he saw. He describes the objects as shapeless, vague, blurred. Their appearance reminds him of a transparent plastic bag, and their movement suggests to him the movement of an animal imprisoned in such a bag. He thinks the bodies were there in quite large numbers. They were all over the place. Down below the road? The place was just swarming with them. We might very easily have run over one of them, he said. Everything induces him to think that they had been put down there by the luminous red mass. One is at a loss to say whether these were objects or creatures. The vaguest word is the best word for describing them. In any case, it may be noted that these bodies, including the biggest bag out of which the others may perhaps have come, had a few instances in which they were in any fashion capable of observing their surroundings to perceive the arrival of the car. Nevertheless, several of them crossed the road in a manner that appears to have been imprudent. Madame Pomazzulli had the impression that they were trying, perhaps awkwardly, to escape from the car and hide behind the bank on the left-hand side of the road.
1: Now this next creature we're going to hear about It is the actual correct pronunciation of this creature. It's called the Alabama White Thang. T-H-A-N-G. It's a Bigfoot-like creature that haunts Birmingham and Central Alabama. Magic City Weekend wrote an article on the hairy white creature. Its state's report started in the early 1900s. At first, eyewitnesses' accounts describing the elusive Sasquatch-like creature widely varied. It was a dog, it was a wolf, or it was a ghost. The physical descriptions also differed depending on the witness. But one crucial element always remained the same. The monster had white hair and it had an eerie scream. A scream similar to the sound of a woman would make if she was screaming screams that are still heard to this day on a regular basis. In the 1940s, another witness saw the monster. They described it as being between a husky dog or a shaggy lion with a tail like a big bush of hair. It has been reported that the hairy beast can walk upright or on all fours. This bushy monster has even been known to climb trees, watching unwary victims walk underneath them. These witnesses never say if the creepy monster ever leaped on them from the branches or stayed hidden. It seems to enjoy scaring the unsuspecting passerby because it hasn't attacked anyone, which is always good. What sends shivers of fear up a person's spine is the shriek. It sounds as if a woman is screaming or a baby crying. If one heard something like that, they would want to investigate, especially if it sounded like a baby crying. So I guess they're saying they'd feel worse for the baby crying than a woman screaming, you know. Others swear that it screams in the face as it looms almost seven feet above them. These accounts are fascinating as they don't go in depth as to how the witnesses got to be on the ground in the first place. The legendary Alabama white thang lurks in a substantial wooded area, an area that surrounds Morgan, Etowah, and Jefferson counties. The sightings in Etowah County are from three different locations: Happy Hollow, Walnut Grove, and Moody's Chape. I don't know how to say that. Reports in these locations form a rough triangle and include a wildlife refuge. The wildlife refuge is comprised of thirty-five thousand acres a vast unexplored territory. It is situated along the Tennessee River near Decatur, Alabama. Not surprising, there have been reports of the white creature there as well. Past sighting of Bigfoots in unexplored sections of land throughout the United States have been reported. The refuge's 35,000 acres is a lot of land that could easily hide a Bigfoot. Some experts say that the Alabama white thang is an albino version of Bigfoot. Others from Huntsville, Alabama, say something a little different. In Huntsville, the humanoid myth lives in caves or drainage ditches in Jones Valley. Jones Valley follows Governor's Drive and is on Monte Santo Mountain. This version of the cryptid has no eyes or ears, and like the Etowah County witnesses, it is white. Some have even said it glows in the dark. This description fits another urban myth. Uh, But it doesn't fit most of the reports saying the monster resembles a Bigfoot. There have been numerous sightings of a humanoid Bigfoot-like creature from other states. Washington, Colorado, and Arizona have all had Bigfoot sightings. In those sightings, he has brown hair, black hair, or even reddish-brown hair. In Alabama, he has white hair. But the Alabama white thang does match Bigfoot's physical description. The Alabama white thang has white hair much like the abominable snowman, now known as the Yeti of Tibet and the Himalayans. The Yeti could be the cousin of the Alabama white thang, which raises the question, is the Alabama white thang a distant offshoot of the Yeti? If so, it could be two branches of the same family root, one shoot migrating to the Himalayas while the other shoot settled in Alabama. The mystery of the elusive hairy Humanoid hasn't diminished over time either. There are many reports of explorers searching for the elusive Bigfoot. Josh Gates of Destination Unknown went searching for the elusive Yeti. He actually discovered footprints of an unknown humanoid. Is it the Yeti? Well, you'll have to watch the episode and decide. The Alabama White Fang is still an ongoing investigation on Alabama too. It continues to fascinate people so much that a, gentleman, that a gentleman named Jim Smith founded the Alabama Bigfoot Society. The Alabama Bigfoot Society is a website filled with a lot of information about their Bigfoot. Sightings are reported from around various parts of Alabama for you to track. You can also purchase Alabama Bigfoot souvenirs like ball caps and t-shirts. If you want a more interactive way to learn about this creature... You can go to the Alabama White Thang Facebook page. Make sure to spell it T-H-A-N-G. Thanks to a team of researchers, if you think you might have seen this creepy guy, you now have a way to meet other like-minded people. You can uh, exchange ideas and beliefs about the Alabama White Thang with others like you. Just don't go too far into the woods at night. The Alabama White Thang might still be... Lurking.
0: My Aunt Dixie used to have a white thing at her house. There was this old white table desk thing in the back bedroom that no one used in the spare room. And it was painted white. And she always just called it that white thing. She'd holler at me all the time when I was little. Hey Junebug, will you go back there and get me a piece of paper off that white thing? So, white things are real. Uh, About a month ago, Jimmy mentioned the Fresno Nightcrawler on one of our episodes. I think it might have been on the sampler platter, maybe. I'm not sure. So, the Fresno Nightcrawler, also known as the Fresno Alien, is a cryptid that has made two appearances so far, one in Fresno, California, and the other in Yosemite National Park, also in California. Both sightings, it's only seen in video footage. However, a man in Poland has also claimed to have seen the creature. So, don't that make three sightings? (laughs) Fresno night crawlers appear to be relatively short creatures, approximately 1.5 meters tall, with most of their height being made up of their legs as they possess an extremely small upper body. It's hard to find details in the upper body of the cryptid due to the poor quality of the footage. It is an extremely thin white humanoid with no discernible arms. A larger specimen appeared to have webbing connected from each knee to the torso. The cryptids appear to have Very short, thin, and slit-like feet. It is hard to judge the exact characteristics of the cryptids in the footage due to the poor quality. (laughs) Let's just keep talking about the poor quality of the video. The Caramel area creature is tall and gray with presumably no arms and long muscular legs. It is a bipedal and walks in an odd manner with its backward bending knees, it resembles the Fresno Nightcrawler. While there have been claims that they are part of Native American folklore in the region, this has been debunked. The first sighting of a Fresno Nightcrawler happened in Fresno, California by a man named Jose. After being woken up by his barking dogs, Jose observed the nightcrawlers on his front lawn through CCTV. He woke up his brother to re-watch the footage. After, his brother claimed to have seen small footprints outside. But by the time investigators made it to the site, all evidence was washed away. After the initial sighting, the original CCTV footage was lost. The only remaining footage is a grainy video recorded from a monitor. Jose had a surveillance camera watching his front lawn and looked at the camera when he heard a dog barking. Some other sightings include a 60-year-old former Marine, yet to be named, and his wife. They were driving near Carmel on December 12th, 2014, when they came up over a hill and saw a seven-foot tall, slender gray creature, which is now known as the Carmel area creature. The unnamed witness said the following, We recently bought a place in the Fort Hill area. We first noticed after about 30 days of living here that we suddenly have a perfect circle that stays fresh green no matter what weather in our front yard. And on Friday night the 12th we were driving home. After turning on Carmel Road which leads to our road, we went around The curve by the Carmel Church and then up a small incline and approximately 10 feet over the incline and in front of our truck. The alien ran across the road and into the woods. And turns out the creature has also been spotted in Ohio. So, Yosemite, Poland, Ohio. Don't you think it's time to give this guy a better name? He's not the Fresno Crawler. Mm.
1: Ah, so this story comes to us from San Francisco. This is called The White Lady of Stowe Lake. One of the oldest documented hauntings in San Francisco, the story goes like this. In the years before the 1906 earthquake, a young woman lived in San Francisco with her infant child. One day, the woman decided to take her baby for a walk around Stowe Lake. You know, that's a long walk for a baby <laughs> to take in the fresh air and scenery of the beautiful park. While on their walk, the woman saw her friend, and the two sat down on a bench to gossip and catch up. After a few minutes of chatting, the woman turned to check on her baby. To her despair, the stroller was no longer beside her; her baby had vanished into thin air. Panicking she ran around the lake screaming for her child. She was horrified. Someone must have taken her baby. The last anyone saw of her alive was the moment of horrid realization when she ran into the lake. Another version of the story tells that in a Victorian era, a woman went boating on the lake with her baby and when her baby got a bit too close to the edge of the boat and then went in. She went in after trying to rescue the child but they both drowned in the process. For the last century, it is said you can see a distressed woman in a white gown stalking around the rim of Stowe Lake on particularly foggy nights. Some even report that she approaches visitors, begging them to help find her baby. Others only report hearing moans echoing across the lake. In fact, the story has become so famous that the official website of Golden Gate Park even dedicated a page to the legend. Avid ghost hunters have flocked to the park for decades, hoping to catch proof of the paranormal on film. Once the sun sets on Stowe Lake, it's hard to see a few feet in front of you. One investigator, Tommy Nett's band, went to Stowe Lake with a member of ABC 7 News. He clutched a handheld digital recording device in one hand, and spoke loudly across the lake. Is there a woman here at Stowe Lake that wants to say something to us? Tommy Netsband is the founder of the San Francisco Ghost Society in San Francisco and says that the device he's been using caught many disembodied voices before. He tells that locals claim if you come to the lake after dark, you will see the woman floating above the water. History corroborates this legend as there was an article published in 1908 in the San Francisco Chronicle that tells of two couples that were in the park who were then pulled over by a horse-mounted police officer. They were frantic, sweating, and afraid. When the officer finally got them to calm down, they had claimed to have seen the woman of Stowe Lake. Described as a woman floating out of the water in a long white dress, long hair with a bluish glow surrounding her entire body. Local legend says that if you drive your car into the park near the lake, it will stall. Another story goes that if you say, Woman of Stowe Lake, I have your baby, three times, she will appear to you. These don't seem to be much more than urban legends, but the haunting of the lake is real to most. band believes that the woman of Stow Lake is not, in fact, an intelligent spiritual haunting, but a residual one. A residual haunting is basically an energetic imprint left behind from some sort of tragic or traumatic event replaying over and over throughout history. So that's the story of the White Lady of Stow Lake.
0: Uncle Joe, good people. This is a story from our friend, Autumn. I was going to a doctor's appointment with Granny and my cousin. We were leaving at 3 a.m. I was in the driveway waiting to be picked up. There were bugs chirping. There was no traffic. So, it was loud. Suddenly, the bug stopped. And I felt like something was behind me. I turned around and saw a white colored creature. It was standing and had broad shoulders. It was standing at the curve on the train tracks. It suddenly disappeared. I ran back into the house. Mom said after I left, she heard knocking at the front door. Thanks, Autumn. That story creeped me out the first time you told me it and just reading it still gives me chills. And Autumn's got Tons of other cool stories. We're going to get to those
1: real soon. In Cherokee lore, the sudden appearance of a white wolf heralds a magic, premature death. Over time, the white wolf became a white dog in Appalachian lore. The dog is large and powerful in build, a handsome creature despite hair that is somewhat matted and unkempt. The dog shows up in roads, follows people home, and sits at a distance from dwellings as though waiting for someone. The white wolf does indeed wait not for a friend or a lost owner, but for death! It's also seen by the person who is about to die, and sometimes by others who are close to this person. The dog is invisible to others, Once the white dog appears, the person is marked for death and dies tragically within a few days or two weeks.
0: Back on the Skinwalker episode, I read a story about my friend Ron who saw a skinwalker when he was staying the night in Utah. And I think I could probably have a new segment for the show based on Ron's stories because Ron has so many cool, kooky, crazy stories. The name of the segment will be This One Time, My Buddy Ron. So with that being said, This One Time, My Buddy Ron Saw a Goat Man. I saw something on Sunday... July 13th, 2014, while watching the sunset and then the stars and then riding on my four-wheeler. It was crazy. I don't even wanna write about it because it sounds so crazy. My four-wheeler lights illuminated for about two to three seconds while coming off a hill into a field. What it looked like, well, at first, I thought it was a deer running A gray, very, very gray, woodsy, tree bark gray deer. But it wasn't bouncing like deer do. It was running, whoosh, from my left to right. About 150 feet in front of me. Upright, like a man. But no bobbing or weaving. Just straight across my headlight beam. Head and shoulders above the weeds. And tall grass in the field. It had thin spire horns and looked more goat like. The way it moved. No bouncing or shaking. Just gliding. I'm still kinda unnerved. You know I'm a brave traveler and don't get riled up. But dude I slammed on the brakes and was so scared to go on for about a minute. And then my gal said, Get us out of here honey. So I roared out while both of us kept looking back as well as around for miles. She did not see it, probably a good thing. When I was telling my boy the story and said, I'm going to google "Goatman man and see if there is such a thing. And we watched one of the videos, it got way quiet. I realized that what I saw was a goat man. Very spooky
1: all right so so far I covered some white ghosts some white cryptids and now tall white aliens the name tall white aliens has been attributed to these creatures as they resemble a gray alien only much taller than a common gray alien The tall white aliens possibly use genetic manipulations to arrive at their current appearance. The Description Tall white aliens are said to be between 6 and 7 feet tall, with even taller ones up to 7.5 feet tall. Their tall, slender bodies have a pale chalk-white color. These extraterrestrials are said to thrive in arid, dry atmospheres. Tall whites have very large eyes that are blue at childhood but turn pink as the aliens age. While tall whites are said to be physically weak, from numerous genetic manipulations to their genus, their lanky limbs can propel them faster than a human runner. So here's a sighting. Charles Hall, a nuclear physicist, ex-military American weather specialist and author, Uh, is touring Australia with his claims that the United States military has been in contact with an alien species for years. He says the aliens would dress as humans and visit Las Vegas. In 1964, when I was a weather observer at Nellis Air Force Base in Nevada, I witnessed interactions between the military and a group of mysterious, tall, white, human-like extraterrestrials the Vietnam veteran said from his home in Albuquerque. Their crafts are capable of traveling faster than speed, the speed of light, because Einstein was wrong about relativity. Mr. Hall said no cameras were allowed at the site, which has since been wiped off the map. When he arrived, a colleague had wanted to lock them in the weather station and not go to the other end of the building because that's where he had encountered them. There was a group of five, two men and three women, and they had come to go to the bathroom. When you encounter the tall whites, it's such a shock. You are not sure if you're looking at a ghost or an angel or if you're dreaming, he said. Mr. Hall said he had contact with three types of aliens, the tall whites, the grays, and the Norwegians, who have 24 teeth and who look like humans and speak English. He claims that the experiences were real and the U.S. Air Force were indeed hosting extraterrestrials they had reached agreements with during the 1950s, if not earlier. They were principally involved in technology transfers with the U.S. military. He said U.S. officials had kept it quiet because people weren't emotionally ready to accept alien life forms. The tall whites are humanoid in appearance. The first UFO researcher to seriously investigate the Charles Hall story is Paula Harris, who interviewed him on July 2003. And those, that's the story of the Tall Whites.
2: You said could secure you at the
0: Thanks for listening. That's about all the time we got this week. We'll see you again right here next week. God bless you. u y a a four plus okay l v slash e nine seven nine one four 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 three a u i d nine six p zero a six q p p d three j W L A. three B B. nine. Slash seven. L V. D E K. R I G E. F W slash. T O. I U. K six six four. Q N. FX q W one D- S- P- F- X- K- 1- O slash Y D G V P O J- 8- R B C S X K V U V U eight E T is is slash